welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Byer. And I'm Len Foot. And welcome to the program. You are listening from the home studios in Woodridge, Illinois, where the crowd is ready for an in-depth discussion. We like to talk about uh, actors and actresses whose work we admire. And today we're talking the career of Natalie Portman, who uh, was able to dodge uh, what many called the child star curse and has become a very successful uh, film actress in her 20s, 30s, and now into her 40s. Um, she was hailed as a kind of a child prodigy. She was in The Professional, one of the great movies of all time, and Heat, uh, starring Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. And from there, she went on to star in the uh, Star Wars trilogy, and which you know could have typecast her. Um, and, uh, she was able to kind of, uh, escape that as well and has gone on to have an extremely, uh, successful career. She won the Oscar for her performance in, uh, the movie Black Swan. Uh, she won Golden Globe for the movie, uh, Closer. And, uh, she's also been nominated for other, uh, acting awards as well. And she's most recently in the movie May December uh, with Julianne Moore and Charles Melton. Um, and uh, tonight we're just going to talk about her career, some of our favorite movies, some of our least favorite movies, um, and uh, which movies may be under or overrated. And uh, she's had an interesting career and just full of good performances and uh, seems to be a, a regular person uh, uh, besides. Seems, seems to kind of operate outside the whole Hollywood scene and has really made it work for herself yeah it's uh, when i was listening to what you had to say it is pretty impressive so you figure her career started 30 years ago and she's never really not been around she mm -hmm. hasn't really taken any significant breaks and she went to harvard yeah she's always had a significant movie almost every year yeah agreed it's really and what you said i didn't even think about the fact that she was a child actor yeah and she's got through all that and we're going to talk about a little later some of the creepiness that she's encountered in her career. Yeah, it's really a triumph of perseverance and her appeal too, because she's never had really a down part of her career, I don't think. I agree. I mean, she's always been in the public eye and she's always been... Um, you know, she's always been, uh, you know, her, she's always received pretty good reviews for her performances. She's never, and she's been a part of some major, uh, two of the more major, um, film franchises, that being Star Wars and then Marvel with her turns in the Thor series as well. So she's done, but then also done some smaller projects as well. And, uh, and also, you know, Oscar, um, winning fair as well. She has an Oscar for black. Yeah, yeah. So she's really done it all. If you think about it. Yeah. And I forgot what, was, what I was going to say, but well, I think the star Wars and the Marvel are almost exceptions for her because when I was going through her filmography today, I feel like except for Marvel and star Wars, she takes a lot of big swings. Mm -hmm. They don't always work. But she, I think she has to be invested in it, whether her judgment was good or not. 
because a lot of her stuff, I think there's a lot going on and the ones that work, it's great. And then ones that don't work, you almost want to say there's too much in this one. Right. Like a couple of her failures. I'm like, yeah, this, this could have been streamlined a little more, but yeah. you, you kind of can track some of the things she's interested in. When you look at them as a whole, you start noticing the patterns, just like anyone, any actor, director, musician, you get the things she's interested in. Right. Agreed. Um, and uh, it, yeah, you feel like she has a very kind of like wide ranging taste. So, um, and I think that she knows which movies would play to her strengths. Um, should we get into our five favorite uh, Natalie Portman movies? Sure. Why, why don't you start? All right. So my, I'll, I'll work backwards and I will go with my, so I have five, uh, five favorite movies. And uh, so uh, number five, which I really liked is uh, Jackie, which uh, just came out not too long ago. And that's the story of uh, the, uh, the uh, first lady uh, wife of JFK and that's Jacqueline Kennedy. And I just thought that that was, I just thought that that was really well done. I thought she gave a, a, a great performance and um, it did really well. Uh, I think with critics and I believe that she was nominated uh, for uh, an Academy yeah, Award. She was. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just, I, I just thought that was a really interesting movie. It just, uh, you know, it really just kind of showed, you know, that here was a human being and, you know, you know, just really, uh, you know, kind of went beyond this kind of like television figure that you see and just this kind of like doll and showed us who, who this person was and, uh, and just like the, the horrible things that she went through in her life and how she was associated with the Kennedys, but also tried to make her own way in the world, especially after just such a, I mean, a terrible thing that happened to her. Terrible thing. Yep, yeah. In um, public too. Yeah, for the world to see. Yeah. Um, uh, and obsess over. Yeah. And which, after uh, her podcast about the Kennedy assassination will be coming out soon. Uh, it'll be out actually by the time this podcast is out. Right. Yeah. So you, you know, you go through life and you, you know, your husband was killed and you can't even get closure on it. You, yeah. you don't even know what happened or why it happened. Right. And I thought she did just a, a terrific job. It was a good movie and she was terrific in it. Um, number four uh, would be Black Swan. Um, I just thought I was an intense. It was powerful. I wasn't sure that she could pull it off and she did. And then some, I thought she was just great. Just a relentless driven, tortured, um, uh, performer who nothing was good enough. And it was just the drive for, for perfection. And it, you know, it ate her up. She was terrific and really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, uh, this is a controversial number three and, uh, people will say what the hell, but <laughs> Honestly, I really liked her and the movie is The Phantom Menace. And I don't care what <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. I really like The Phantom Menace. The faxes have started already beef. I know. All these Star Wars uh, uh purists are just immersed. I'm faxing you right now cuz I don't like I hated The Phantom Menace. It was it was a monumental disappointment at the time. I remember going and being like, "Here we go. Phantom Menace, Star Wars again." And about half an hour in, I'm like, "Who is this Jar Jar Binks? I want to kill him uh this is awful and uh but i don't know as time has gone on maybe it's just because the movies that came out were all successively worse with just a few exceptions so now maybe the phantom menace 
doesn't seem as bad um but i liked it and and she's very good in it she's very you can see her kind of she's equally at what i liked about her performance in phantom menace was that she was equally at home with uh young and child anakin skywalker so she played a kid really easily but then more than held her own with the adults where you just for the first time you're like okay she's really got chops as an actress and does great in these scenes as well um and so i thought that that was cool um and you could read more on beeve's blog where he writes why was natalie portman not not for I have written several uh, articles <laughs> on that and uh, along with uh, their criminal overlooking of St. Elmo's Fire, uh, but that's another podcast altogether. Um, <laughs> number two uh, is the movie Thor, uh, and uh, that's the Marvel um, uh, entry. Uh, and I believe that that movie came out in, uh, oh, I can't find it now, but, uh, I'll look it up. I keep talking. And I will find it. I thought it was great. And, uh, 2011 and, uh, I just thought it was terrific. And I also liked Thor the dark world, but what I liked the first one about the first one is just, it had, there was real chemistry between her and, um, Chris Hemsworth. And, uh, she really brought a lot of humanity to that character. And it was just uh, the the acting was what set I thought Thor apart, and she was good with comedy and kind of a touch of romance. Um, as my twelve uh, year old daughter commented when uh, she saw it, uh, there was a scene where uh, Natalie Portman had to look into Chris Chris Hemsworth's eyes, and Jesse, speaking as Natalie Portman, said, "I like you so much better than Anakin." <laughs> <laughs> which killed me. Uh, but I really liked Thor and, uh, my number one, my favorite Natalie Portman movie is V for Vendetta. Um, a movie that I didn't know anything about going in. And when I walked out, I was like, that was a kick-ass comic book movie. Um, that was really well shot, very inventive. And, uh, and she was great in it. I mean, just really good. Um, and uh, it really, I was just surprised by how much I uh, I enjoyed that movie. So those are my, those are my top five. That is a surprising list, I will say. Yeah, I figured. Most people who see a lot of movies would not put Thor or Phantom Menace in their top five. Neil Portman movies. I know, I know. No, uh, it's fine. It's fine. That's, that's I, true. I, I totally, uh, I totally acknowledge that. Yeah. All right. So mine is, I'm going to start my number five. She's not in this movie that much, but I love it. I put Mars Attacks, uh-huh. which we've talked about in our Tim Burton podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes. What I always remember from her in Mars Attacks is at the end of the movie, the aliens have been vanquished. Her and uh, Lucas Haas are hanging out and her character goes, so do you have a girlfriend? (laughs) (laughs) I always remember that for some reason. (laughs) My number four is a movie that I really like, but a lot of people complain about partly because it's a Zach Braff movie and that's Garden State. Oh, no. (laughs) So I guess Beeve is one of those people who complains about it. I won't let you like Garden State. <laughs> Too late. No. Too late. I'm I'm writing letters 
I'm faxing something. Natalie Portman is going to put the shins on for you, Beav. I just faxed. And it's going to change your life. It's yeah. going to change your life. She's really good in this. No. But I read something that, so The Onion, Beav and I both like reading The Onion. And The Onion came up, Nathan Rabin, actually, one of the writers for The Onion, came up with the manic pixie dream girl. And this is one of the movies where that term is in effect. And I read something that Natalie Portman doesn't like that she contributed to that. But this is a good, for me, this is a good movie. Mm-hmm. But her character is like that. Her character has some issues, but she connects with the main character played by Zach Braff and eventually makes his life better. So that's This is one of the movies that brought that about. But I, I really liked it. I thought she's really good in it. So my number four is Garden State. My number three is Black Swan. Yeah. And I think Black Swan's probably, it, it, her performance is great. That's probably her best performance. Uh, I would agree. I had no problem with her winning the Oscar for that. Agreed. And, but I picked two movies movies above it. Mm-hmm. Even though Black Swan's if you if you're just going by pure performance, Black Swan I think would be number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my number two is a very underrated movie of hers called Annihilation. Have you ever seen it? Uh I've heard of it. No, I haven't seen it yet. You need to see it, Beav. It is great. Okay. I'm trying to pick up a I'm gonna pull up the description of it. It's sci-fi. It stays with me. I whenever I hear, hear that movie mentioned, I immediately have this weird feeling, not be just because of how I felt watching it. If there is a um uneasiness to it, mm. let me let me read you the description of it. It's a group of explorers who enter the shimmer, a mysterious quarantine zone of mutating plants and animals caused by an alien presence and it's so good i have this movie should have this movie should have been much bigger i'm I'm, i don't know why it wasn't listen to the cast jennifer jason lay gina rodriguez tessa thompson oscar isaac that's a great cast yeah it is it's it's well written it's unnerving it's surprising i feel like everybody should see this movie if you haven't seen it watch it i think it's on netflix got great reviews but for some reason just didn't 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 hit it big they watch it when you're awake (laughs) beef you need to pay attention but i i think you'll i think you'll really like it she uh i saw an interview with her where she talked about this movie because she was pregnant while she was making it and she was like it was awesome i was firing machine guns all the time and i was pregnant it was just so I remember that. It works on a lot of levels. It makes me want to read the book. Mm. Uh, Jeff Vandermeer, who's a pretty well acclaimed sci-fi writer. It's based on one of his books. Mm. So Annihilation, number two. I definitely want to check it out. My number one I picked just because I watched it so many times and that's Beautiful Girls. Yes. And that's one of her earlier movies. I think that's might be like her third movie. Yeah, she was uh, really young when that came out. But right away, you know, she's she's a star. You can just you can just see it in this movie and they do a really good job with her because it's a comedy for the most part and she this guy comes to town and she lives next door to him and it's like him meeting up with all his high school friends and trying to decide what he's going to do with his life and he has a serious girlfriend but he talks to her and she's this precocious girl next door and there's some funny stuff going on and i'm like i said i remember watching it and going wow she's really good i could i can see her having a a big career so that's beautiful girls if you haven't seen beautiful girls very entertaining movie michael rapaport lauren holly matt dillon uma thurman it's marisorvino 
Great cast. All-star cast. Total rewatchable movie. Uh, so that's my number one, Beautiful Girls. I uh, I will talk about Beautiful Girls later in the pod. Um, I did see it. Uh, a lot of people loved it. A lot of people loved Uh-oh. it. Uh-oh. I know. I know. <laughs> No Phantom Menace, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, no, I'm, I'm keeping quiet, keeping quiet for now in the interest of uh, uh, no spoilers. Uh, <laughs> should we chant about uh, movies that we thought were, uh, should we talk about some of her uh, more underrated movies? Yeah, you can start. I have, I have three that we haven't discussed yet. Uh, to me, uh, some of the most uh, under underrated movies that I've seen. Well, I will again go with Phantom Menace, and I just um, outline the reasons why. I just I really liked it, and mm-hmm. uh, I just uh, you know I don't I don't think uh, I think people just uh, when it came out it was such a disappointment that they just kind of like had a knee jerk reaction to it, and uh, you know and that was the end of it. And uh, but uh, I feel like uh, it deserves a second chance. Um, another underrated movie that I really like, we haven't talked about it, is Closer. Um, and that I thought was I thought it was really good. I mean, it was it was pretty dark and uh, I thought, but it was a great cast. And uh, she plays a, she plays a stripper that <laughs> Natalie Portman does. Do you see Closer? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go against you on this one, but I'll let you say your piece first. I uh, I just thought it was, uh, you know, it was it was just all the like terrible uh, people. But like underneath it, you know, there was like it basically, uh, you know, made the point that there's a better world out there and, you know, don't give in to these terrible people. And uh, I think that it got mixed reviews, but I thought there was an underlying kind of like idealism to it that those, the world doesn't have to be this awful place um, that these characters all are that, you know, there's a, there's a better world out there. And I always like Mike Nichols movies. So that's why I like, that's, that's, that's why I liked it. Okay. Well, <laughs> my counter to it is I think everybody, but Clive Owen was miscast in that movie. Oh, I think he was the only one who I believed had this dark view of everything. I didn't like Natalie Portman at all in this movie. I just did not believe her for one second. Mm. And I love Mike Nichols normally. So this was a big disappointment for me. And I like Julia Roberts and Jude Law, but Clive Owen, when he was saying all these nasty stuff, I'm like, yes, I believe that this guy is a terrible person. The rest of them, no. Well, I and, thought- it, and it's a harsh movie, but when and when but when you don't believe three of the actors, it, it just didn't work for me. You didn't like Natalie Portman in this movie. No, no. I was shocked she got nominated. I'm like, really? I'm like, I, I didn't believe she- her for one second. Oh, I thought she was great. Yeah. Um now I'm with you on Julia Roberts being miscast and but she can play unlikable, but in this movie, the dialogue, I don't know, just something about it. Didn't, yeah. didn't believe her, didn't believe Jude Law, and didn't believe Natalie Portman at all. Jude Law is just patently an unlikable person. I just, you know, he's <laughs> nothing but villains because I always want to punch him. No, he, he has, but, and, and even like Julia Roberts played unlikable people, but in this movie, no, they, they didn't work for me. Because mm. Jude Law, yeah, Jude Law has played a lot of, I guess, cad is the word. Yes, he he's a cad. He is always a cad. <laughs> but he almost comes off whiny in this. Yeah. And I think the script, he's, it's supposed to be dark. But to me, I think he, I just felt like he was just whining the whole movie. He's just, uh, he's, yeah, self-absorbed. And maybe that's, uh, 
Um, yeah, it was, I was. I was. You're laughing as you're squirming. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I I thought it was underrated. I, I liked it, yeah, but um, but it did get mixed reviews, didn't it? No, it got good reviews. Oh, did it? Yeah, I mean, her and Clive Owen got nominated for Oscars. Oh. Yeah, it was well received. So I think maybe I saw it after all the praise and everything, and Mike Nichols and all these actors I like, and I was like, no. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, what about you? Uh, what are you, your more underrated Natalie Portman movies? My first one is Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium. I did not see that movie. I might be the only person who likes this movie. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a nice version of Willy Wonka. <laughs> And uh, I make I make jokes about it. I was like, when are we watching Mr. Megorium's Wonder Report? <laughs> <laughs> but I liked it. I liked that Bateman's in it. And who else is in it? Dustin Hoffman. Yep. It's a magical toy store. So right. it's not a candy store, but it's a toy store. But I, I liked it. I liked it. Um, I don't think you would, but <laughs> I did. My two other ones, uh, one's Hesher, which is her and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Rain Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of an unusual movie, kind of uh, something different. And I, I wouldn't say it's a great movie, but I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's about a rebellious metalhead beef. Love rebellious metalheads. Yeah, it made. I never. Yeah, I never saw it. <laughs> it made nothing. It was a huge flop. Budget <laughs> was seven million. It made four hundred forty-nine thousand dollars. <laughs> so I was one of the few people who saw it, I guess. Ouch. But yeah, yeah. I mean, cause it's not, it's, it's kind of dark too. Cause it's, it's, he's, it's about a kid whose uh, mom dies in a car crash. And Joe Gordon Levitt and his relationship with this kid and Natalie Portman, but I, I I liked it. I liked it. And then my other one is Brothers. Have you seen Brothers? No, I haven't. What makes this one different for me is Toby Maguire is good in it, and I'm not a Toby Maguire fan. It's Toby Maguire, Gyllenhaal, and Natalie Portman, and it's Toby Maguire coming back from Afghanistan and his PTSD, mm. and he's really good. I think the whole time I'm marveling, going, "Is this Toby Maguire?" acting well <laughs> and he did he got a golden globe nomination for it and it's it's really raw and it's good and i like you know i like gyllenhaal and, and Natalie portman yeah so he, he's he's but he's he's the big draw for me in this one because he's, he's a surprise at how well he is portraying this traumatized veteran yeah it's interesting yeah i think um you know the, all these movies that you brought up it, it features a lot of kind of like people who were also child stars themselves um like jake gyllenhaal and joseph gordon levitt from hesher they're they were all like natalie portman they were all like child stars and now they're pretty successful adult stars too i think it's yeah yeah joseph gordon levitt is, an, is another guy like natalie portman who navigated that yeah childhood stardom where he seems um seems to be okay because you always worry about people who are famous so early right yeah right well adjusted that's the word i was looking for well adjusted is for sure yeah there's a lot of people that don't make it but those three did so uh um i, I think it's interesting that they continue to work together as adults uh what uh i want to talk about child stars who became famous uh or became successful adult stars in a bit but um what's your least favorite natalie portman movie well this goes with the big swing theory of of mine for her so she did a movie called vox lux oh right i'm not even sure if i finished it i gotta i gotta pull it up it's just there's just too much going on in it yeah and i was like i can't even i can't even watch this (laughs) 
<laughs> like, it's one of those movies that I think some people like because it's trying to do all these things. I just don't think it succeeds in them. Um, all right, let me read you the description again. It's about a girl. She's 13 years old, and somebody walks into this school and shoots the teacher. So she talks to this guy who just shot their teacher and uh, tries to get him to calm down, but it doesn't work. And he shoots all these people and kills himself. But she writes music about it. And then all of a sudden she becomes a rock star because of it. And then years later, somebody else kills people in Croatia. And there's a link to her music again. So you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. There's just too much going on. <laughs> it's just super heavy without feeling heavy. Do you know what I mean? Like it's got right. these dark themes, but you're just like, it feels like a slog and it doesn't feel, you don't feel anything and you should with stuff like this. And it just doesn't, doesn't work at all. I was just, I don't even know. I don't even know if I finished it. I know I wanted to. Jude Law, of course, is in it too. So well, maybe I just don't like when she's in movies with him. <laughs> but yeah, it was, I mean, I get why she was attracted to it because she likes these dark, complicated things, but it yeah. didn't work at all. Um, I have to see it. I haven't seen it. So I'll definitely- don't see it. Don't waste your time. <laughs> my, uh, my worst Natalie Portman movies, unsurprisingly, uh, one is, of course, I say, of course, because I feel like everyone just thinks this is the all time worst Star Wars movie of the nine plus the two kind of like character stories. Uh, uh, Star Wars Attack of the Clones. And uh, I just this movie so bad. And in particular, the chemistry between Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen. Um, it's basically, you know, the fate of the galaxy is being decided. And meanwhile, here's Anakin Sky. Skywalker and she he's falling in love with Padme and and you, they just go for these romantic scenes that are just so terribly written they don't all they do is just sit there and look in each other's eyes and just say just the most banal lines of dialogue so that every time it switches back to Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen scenes you can just feel the audience groaning like no not another one not another five minute scene where they stare into each other's eyes uh the those those scenes are interminable and there's so many of them and uh it's uh it's not good at all i think it's generally i think a lot of people generally regard attack of the clones as the worst of all the star wars movies and right behind it is uh the newest thor movie called uh love and thunder and i think that came out in 2022 i want to say it was it's pretty recent movie and mm-hmm. uh, I, I might have even talked about it on um on the pod and it's really no fault of natalie portman in this one in fact they make her like a superhero where they give her a uh they give her a hammer and they give her a helmet and say all right go kick some ass and i think she does her best with it but she's just handed just a giant turkey uh that movie was just really bad so those are uh but i if i had to pick the worst i would pick attack of the clones yeah and i remember when we were talking about doing this podcast i was gonna ask you about her acting in star wars movies and it's Sounds like you don't think he's bad. No, you just think Attack of the Clones is bad. I mean, it's just... You know, I, she's giving it her all. She's giving it a hundred percent. But I, you know, that dialogue is just so god awful. Which, <laughs> oh, which movie has the sand dialogue? 
the sand dialogue when hayden christensen's talking about sand and how much he hates it oh that's that's attack of the clones <laughs> there you go there's your winner i mean ugh. i've tried to See, put I, that hate, I hate phantom menace and i think attack of the clones i think i remember when we talked about this on our star wars podcast i think i heard attack of the clones was sort so terrible that i didn't hate it as much just because i was prepared for it to be worse than what i saw yeah but i think i liked revenge of the sith if i remember correctly revenge of the sith is so much of an improvement over uh it's the best of the three yeah. and it's got and i don't like that i don't like that thor movie either but i don't think it's her fault on, uh, on that one i think that was whatever what the director's name is oh for love and thunder yeah taika what td who who had the one thor movie that i really liked because it was funny ragnarok which i thought was really good ragnarok's amazing but then this one he i don't know what he was doing but it, it didn't work i think he was trying to be bigger and wackier yeah yeah that sounds right and Taika Watiti is that's the flight of the Concords guy I believe. And I think he also does uh, what we do in the shadows. Yeah. I don't think he had anything to do with flight of the Concords, but yeah, he's, he does have what we do in the shadows is his. Yeah. Oh, I thought he did flight of the Concords too. No, I don't think so. Let me, let me look. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was really, I thought, you know, I was ready. I was like, you know, here we go. Um, I think he did Jojo rabbit too. And uh, I didn't think Jojo, Ra I didn't like Jojo rabbit. And anyway, I was, I was ready for, I no, I think I was, like I, I think that I was maybe, you know, hoping for something bigger and just a bigger disappointment. Um, so yeah. he, he's worked with the guy from Flight of the Concords, but he didn't do Flight of the Concords. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Real shame. Uh, all right. Let me ask you about child stars who became successful adult stars mm -hmm. and and let and tell me if you like how they compare to natalie portman and like whether you like them as much less than or more than okay all right the first is jodie foster well she's great yeah so i mean i like i, I like Natalie portman a lot but i have to give jodie foster yeah the uh the nod there man what a lot of crap she's going through too <laughs> Oh, I know. Wow. Yeah. Uh, talk about creeps. Jody, yeah. Jody Foster had to deal with her share of creeps. Oh, yeah. Talk, so talk about the, the creeps that bothered Natalie Portman. Well, not just, especially early on, like the professional. There's a scene in the professional. She's 13, I think. And she's like dancing around in her underwear, singing like a virgin. Right. And from what I read, they were trying to have her do other stuff in there too. Like worse stuff. <laughs> it's like, That's what is wrong with you people? French. Yeah, just yick. And it's just interesting then Woody Allen, of course, cast her right after that. Like, oh, God. Everyone says, I love you. But then beautiful girls, they make fun of that because she's like has a crush on timothy hutton's character right but he's normal and he he's like no 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 he's like because she's like wait till i'm 18 and then we can go you can be my boyfriend he's like no you'll grow out of this and he you know he treats it like i'm an adult yeah but he does like talking to her because she's a smart girl and he's talking to her about her his girlfriend and his life and you can see it because natalie portman's charming but they don't do it in a creepy way and they make fun of it in the movie because <laughs> because there's a scene where Natalie Portman pretends to fall off. She's skating and Timothy Hutton grabs her. And one of Timothy Hutton's friends sees that and looks at him like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not doing anything this is natalie portman's character trying to flirt with me or whatever but they don't do that like i said they don't do that in a creepy way but then a movie i watched yesterday anywhere but here and she's i don't know she's 17 or 18 in that movie they wanted her to be naked in that movie 
and I know what scene they wanted her to be naked in because there's a scene where there's this guy in this movie who who likes her and there's just some odd scene where he, he just comes over to her house and he's like i want to kiss you and i know that's the one where she wanted to be naked but the scene just doesn't make sense it's like they just kind of shoehorned it in there yeah and i guess she's like i don't want to do this and then so they didn't have her be naked in that movie so i just think she was dealing with a lot of that stuff when she was younger and then around, right around the same time, <laughs> Moby, I mean, this is who, who do you believe? Moby said he had a romantic relationship with her. And what Natalie Portman said was, he was a much older man being creepy with me. <laughs> so I think she was, I mean, she's a good looking, she's very attractive. She's smart, talented. And I think she just, and when you're precocious like that, sometimes the creeps come out. So. Sure. I think again she was it's great that she got through all that crap yeah but there was like a recurring theme going through her early career with that kind of thing and that, you know i i think it's a major reason why a lot of these child stars become so messed up um, yeah because i mean people take advantage of them and that damages you. you you lose your trust in people there's a whole uh i mean <laughs> i uh i mean it's it's sort of funny but it's really pretty tragic when uh when corey haim that former child actor Corey Haim died and uh, Corey Feldman wrote the other Corey wrote a big, long kind of goodbye letter to him, his friend. And just like he said, you know, like they did things to us that nobody should ever have to go through. And, you know, the stuff that we had to do and see is just, you know, I wouldn't wish on anyone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. Really. So you kind of are like amazed that people get through it like they do. Um, mm -hmm. Here's another one, Drew Barrymore and Drew Barrymore certainly went through a time where I think Drew Barrymore is interesting because she looked like she was headed for a similar fate as the Corys, but seems to have really righted the ship. Yeah, she was super young. She was like not even a teenager and she was drinking and yeah. doing drugs. It's amazing that she bounced back from that. Really is. Yeah. Um, oh, she doesn't really act anymore, though. So... She just has her show. Yeah, now she has a show. But I could see her making a little comeback. Um, yeah. But I mean, as far as the, the movies that Drew Barrymore was in, I like Natalie Portman better if you're doing that as a comparison. I agree. I think Drew Barrymore, there's no... There, there's no comparison uh, in terms, just in terms of talent. Um, mm -hmm. All right. Here's another, Emma Watson, who is. Uh, I love Emma Watson, but I mean, you know, like, we've talked about her a little bit. We have. She's had Harry Potter. Yep. And then we, I talked to you about the bling ring, which a movie she was in that I liked and little women. We talked about a couple of weeks ago when we did the Greta Gerwig one. I thought Emma Watson did a nice job in that. I thought she did too. But Emma Watson doesn't have a big filmography yet. Yeah, I'd so like to see her do some more, do some more stuff, but I, I like her a lot. Too soon to tell there. Yeah. Uh, what about Scarlett Johansson? I like Natalie Portman better. But my theory, and we'll talk about, we're going to talk about Scarlett Johansson in a month. We're going to do another podcast on her. Hmm. My theory on Scarlett Johansson was she was really good starting out. Then she got famous and she lost some of the appeal she had. I think sometimes when you get really big, you lose some of your accessibility. And I feel like that's what happened with her. But we'll talk about that more when we do uh, our Scarlett Johansson podcast. Right. That, that's definitely... Uh 
coming up. Um, all right, just a few more. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. What's your take on Natalie Portman versus Leo DiCaprio? You got to give DiCaprio just because I don't think he's, I think she's as talented as he is. It's not that. Yeah. I think he's just had more successful movies and not even in box office, but just he has a lot more really good movies than she does. Right, right. Uh, what about Joseph Gordon Levitt? Uh, Natalie Portman, for sure. He's had a couple movies I liked. The, um, I forgot what it's called, 50 Days of Summer or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That was good. Uh, he's in In Inception's a good movie. Yeah, I like that. But he's he hasn't done a lot. I agree. I mean, he hasn't a lot. Of, he's had a few successes, but not not that many. And I think I think Natalie Portman's more talented than he is. Uh, last one, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake's Jake's really good, but I'll give it to her. Mm-hmm. Even though he's he's had. I mean, I he had that movie where he played a photographer. He's pretty creepy, and he was good in that. He's good in Donnie Darko. He's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Good girl. I liked him in that. October Sky. I didn't see October Sky. That's a good movie. Great movie. Yeah. Chris Cooper, Laura Dern. Great movie. Yeah. That's that's some of other Jill and Hall movies. That's something you can see with the kids. October Sky. He had the boxing movie with my good friend Rachel McAdams. I gotta pull up his I feel like I'm missing a couple of his. Yeah. Pulling up his filmography real quick. Yeah. While you talk, I uh I was I was today years old when I found out that uh, Elizabeth Taylor was a child actor. I had no idea. I didn't know that either. I she was uh first uh became famous doing that movie National Velvet and she was uh, Oh yeah. Okay. And she was a right. uh, she was huge and she was and she was very young when that uh uh when that came out. She was 12. <clears throat> so anyway, uh so I was like, "Well, I've learned something." Uh I forgot Brokeback Mountain. Great movie. Great movie. And he's good in End of Watch where he plays a he plays a cop in End of Watch. I didn't like the ending though, but he he's good in it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I got I got give it to Natalie Portman. Plus, Gyllenhaal is doing a remake of Roadhouse, and we all know that is taboo. That disqualifies him from any uh, acclaim that he might <laughs> for his particip- How dare you, Jake Gyllenhaal? This is an artistic crime that you are committing, yeah. uh, and I'm not going to stand for it. Neither should no, We'll be picketing that one for sure. Yes, actively. There's no reason for it. Yeah. None. Nope. Anyway, before I get angry. Uh, <laughs> You're already angry. I am. I'm already. Before I get any more angry, any other thoughts on Natalie Portman's? Are there any movies we have not yet discussed that she's been in? She was in Cold Mountain. We haven't talked about that. You know uh, what? I was going to try to watch it, and I didn't get to it. That's a Jude Law again. Jude Law. Jude Law, Nicole Kidman, Renee Zellweger. Oh yeah, I mean all star cast. Yeah, that's 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 a big miss. I, I need to. I tried to watch it, but I got caught up in another movie, which <laughs> we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, what movie was that? Let's get to it now. Uh, let me let me let's save it for last. <laughs> okay. Uh, the only other movie I want to talk about, and I haven't finished it yet. I'm only like, I'm, I'm not even halfway through is this new movie made December. Um, right. And, uh, so far it's interesting. It's, it's an interesting movie. It's directed by Todd Haynes, who mm-hmm. does a lot of weird movies. Um, and it, uh, one of the critics says it's seductively discomforting. And, uh, that's a good description 
of it. I'm I'm drawn in as I'm cringing at uh, at this movie. But basically, Julianne Moore plays. Remember the Mary Kay Letourneau, the teacher who seduced her fourteen tw- uh, year old. Yeah, I've I've seen May December. Oh, you've seen it. Yes. Now, what's your uh, thoughts on? It? I'm enjoying it so far. I think Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore are good in it, and I think there's only like two good scenes in the movie. There's two really good raw scenes in it because this is insanity. This is a... It is insanity. A, a teacher who... It's statutory rape. Yeah. And she ends up marrying him. Right. And all these kids, they live in a nice house. And I feel like they don't dig deep enough into that. Yeah. So to me, I just... I thought, again, I thought both women were great in it, but the movie's just not, didn't dig enough for me. Right. And what's his name? Charles Melton, is that his name? I think so. He plays the husband. We're talking about him getting nominated. I thought he was just okay in it. I I, I didn't see the reason he should be nominated for it. Yeah, he doesn't really do much. Yeah, I I don't. Well, finish it and and let me know what you think when we talk about the Oscars in a couple weeks. Right. A lot of people thought that was a big snub. Uh, I, um, so far I'm enjoying it, but I haven't finished it yet. Yeah. That's that's the only other movie I I've not I wanted to talk about and have not yet. All right, so here we go. So <laughs> I watched Anywhere But Here yesterday. That's her and Susan Sarandon. I mean, I talked about it a little bit earlier because that's the scene where I think they wanted her to be naked. Right. And, you know, her and Sarandon are both good, but the plot's so... It's basically they, they move from Wisconsin and they're struggling, but you never get attached to the characters because it's just like a series of scenes of things going on in their lives and the stakes. I mean, they have money problems and stuff, but you never... Feel any kind of emotion because it's almost too light and how it's directed and everything mm-hmm. so you you enjoy you enjoy watching the two good actresses but you're just not invested enough in it hmm. so uh would you recommend that i because i haven't seen that one either no i wouldn't i wouldn't watch that nothing give it a miss nothing really worth watching in that one right she was in my blueberry nights which i'm <laughs> nora jones is in that yes and I thought that was, uh, Jude Law again. She really likes working with Jude Law. Yes, so. Rachel yes. Weiss. That was just okay. I don't remember much about it, but I remember I remember not thinking it was bad. Mm-hmm. Another one of hers that I want to see is Other Boleyn Girl. That's her and Scarlett Johansson. So you can kind of see those two go head to head. And then here's here's where I wish she would have tried more of this type of thing. Not necessarily romantic comedies, but comedies in general. So she did two comedies in a row. She did no strings attached with it's her and ashton kutcher it's okay i mean i almost always like her i like her in it but (laughs) there was two of basically the same movies came out at the same time because mila kunis and justin timberlake basically have the same plot in the same movie right and they were both around at the same time so it's like okay not everybody's gonna watch both of those movies and then she tried to do another one she did your highness which is her james franco danny mcbride who i don't like at all Uh, Zoe Deschanel and Justin Theroux. I mean, so I like the whole cast except for Danny McBride. And that was a total bomb. But I think she's funny. Like, she's hosted Saturday Night Live twice. And one of the funniest things I've ever seen was when she did and we talked about this when uh, I think when I was talking about the Lonely Island album. When she does her rap, she is very funny doing it. So I'm like, mix in a comedy once in a while because I know she can do it. She can definitely do it. And I I feel like since neither one of those did well, she never went back to the comedy again even though she did host she hosted saturday night life again five years ago so she's she's hosted it twice so she's not a 
afraid of, of doing comedy, but it'd be nice to see her in something successful. That's yeah. funny. And then she was in Night of Cups, which is another one I saw. Terrence Malick. And that was decent. I mean, I, I really liked Trio Life. That's why I watched Night of Cups. And it's her and Christian Bale. Mm. So there's really good actors in it. But it's not... Another another it's child. kind of a not real accessible one, I guess. Yeah. But that's her. That's what she does. She does these complicated things. You just want her once to do a comedy. Give yourself a break once, Natalie. Christian, and then, Christian Bale is another... Uh, Another child actor. That's right. Here we go. They're all coming out. Incredible. All right. My last one. <laughs> I watched this last night and this morning. It came out four years ago. It's called Lucy in the Sky. And Lucy in the Sky is based on, do you remember the case, Beeb? It was, I think it was either 2006 or 2007, about an astronaut who was in this love, love triangle. And she drove all the way to San Diego. And supposedly she was wearing an adult diaper so she wouldn't have to stop. <laughs> Because she was mad because her astronaut lover was in a romantic relationship with another astronaut. It's just a crazy story. And I remember (laughs) we were doing a sketch show around the time that this happened. So... My friend Doug from Hippo Horsey, he wrote a sketch that week just because it was so ridiculous. And we called it NASA Diaper. <laughs> and we only did it once because I think it was closing night. But we were laughing about it so much. We're like, well, let's just throw it in there. If you guys can learn your lines, we'll do it. And it went really well. I remember <laughs> our, uh, Sarah, who, who used to be in our group, she's like wearing a diaper on stage. And <laughs> they kill this dialogue. I'll never forget that. NASA Diaper. So, But this movie got destroyed critics hated it if you look on rotten tomatoes for the audience score the audience score is like 30 percent. but i watched it and i thought i liked it i was like why did everyone hate this movie so much the first half of the movie is really good because i'm not going to spoil it yeah. I'll, I'll just tell a few plot, plot details she just comes back from being in space and it's all about her having a hard time adjusting back to being on earth yeah and just philosophical questions like i'm i'm floating out in space and just thinking about how small everything is (laughs) no but i'm not i'm not saying it to be in a funny way it's she does a good job of about talking about it in haley portman and um saying stuff like you come back and just the, your regular mundane things like clipping your toenails. And I, I don't know. She says a couple other things. And I mean, I guess that makes sense. You're, you're going out into. Sure. And they do a good job with the other astronauts kind of agreeing with her saying the same kind of thing. Like you come John Hamm is in it, too. I mean, she's almost every movie she's in has great actors. John Hamm plays one of the other astronauts in her romantic interest, even though she's married, she's married to another guy who works for NASA, but not, he isn't an astronaut. He's like their public relations guy. And Ham plays like the cool astronaut guy. And Zazie Beetz is in it too, who I also love. So it it's basically follows this true life story for the most part as she just gets crazier and crazier. And she does a really good job. And again, I, I thought it was good. I could see why people, the people who didn't like it probably thought the second half just falls apart a little bit compared to the first half. But overall, I, w- I would recommend it. Mm. And one of the guys involved in it, I think 
he he co-wrote it and i think maybe he directed it is noah holly who did fargo hmm. the tv series whom i like yeah I, I, mean, I guess i'm in total in the total minority in it but i'm like this this movie isn't bad yeah i like noah holly yeah he he directed it yeah. he directed it co-produced and co-wrote it yeah. and ellen burston's in it too that's in coleman domingo who just got nominated for an oscar or uh rustin right yeah i mean he's just he's got a small part in it but yeah <laughs> Even though I just keep thinking Nassau diaper. But listen to this. <laughs> it grossed three hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars and its budget was twenty-one million. That's not a lot of the uh... I, I just don't get it though. Yeah. I mean sometimes you watch a movie that's a bomb, and you're like, okay, I get it. This is awful. <laughs> The film made 55000 in its opening weekend, which was described as terrible. And its Rotten Tomato score for critics is 21%. Wow. Well, here's, here's one more thing before I end it. The director, Noah Hawley, he said, They set it up as a Reese Witherspoon black comedy, but he turned it into a magic realism astronaut movie. So maybe they didn't know how to market it. I don't huh. know. I mean, and they don't, they don't put her in diapers in the movie. So they, they it's not like they they took that part out i don't know maybe everyone who's listening watch the movie and let me know <laughs> yeah interesting if you all hate it <laughs> facts be <laughs> uh yeah sometimes you know it's interesting how movies you know with just the right marketing could you know for whatever reason they were marketed improperly or not at all and you know you watch them and you're like how did this movie not make eight gajillion dollars yeah well this one i i mean you hear about i mean i just said we wrote a sketch about it right so you hear about someone driving cross country in a diaper to injure their lover's <laughs> new romantic interest <laughs> <laughs> and you, you lean towards the comedy, I guess, but that's not what this movie is at all. So, so, so it could have been as simple as that. Yeah, yeah, right. People were, were walking in expecting to laugh, and they're like, what is this? This is heavy. Right, right. Yeah. And laughing inappropriately. They told... Well, uh, Let's write a comedy, Steve. Me and you will write a comedy for Natalie Portman. I love it. Well, I know she can do it. We know you can do it, Natalie. Yes. And we are here to write that uh, hilarious script for you. She could play Grace Slick, Starship era Grace Slick. Uh, oh, I'm sure she could. Uh, she would sure. rock, she'd have the hair. Yeah. Uh, she's, yeah. got a, she's got a fight with Mickey Thomas for uh, songs on Knee Deep in the Hoopla. And uh, yeah, it's it's tailor-made. We'll get to that script later this but year. But she'll want Jude Law to play Paul Cantner, though. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Since uh, that's a, apparently a requirement. Yeah. Apparently to get Natalie Portman in your movie, just say, listen, we've got Jude Law. He's in. Uh, and Natalie Portman will say, yes, of course. Absolutely. Well, the theme is dark, complicated plots yeah and jude law she and natalie's in yeah uh well uh any any uh final thoughts on uh on natalie uh portman i would just say everyone oh, i think she's great i agree everybody go watch annihilation if you haven't seen that yeah i'm going to watch lucy in the sky but don't get mad at me if you hate it watch phantom menace and learn if you want something very light watch mr megorium's wonder emporium and you will float on a cloud for the rest of the week do not watch garden state Pretend that never existed. <laughs> Zach Braff. Garden State is good. Ignore the haters. Zach Braff must be stopped at all costs. Ignore Beef. <laughs> I will not rest. Uh, and contact Natalie Portman's agent and ask her to do a comment. Yes. 
Um, well, thanks very much for listening to this. You can check out all of our uh, episodes. We are available wherever fine podcasts are found. Just type in Jagbags Podcast, up we pop. And uh, if you subscribe to us, you will get two episodes of expertise delivered to your device twice a week. Um, also look for us on social media. We are on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we are on X, formerly Twitter. Please suggest a show topic if you're so inclined. If we pick it, you'll get a Jag Bags t-shirt. Get on this now. Honor your assignment. Thanks for listening. When you're ready to listen, put a little Jag Bags in your ear.